For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Number five is, there we go. The United States women's national team, World Cup debut for this year. Let's go. Tonight, taking on Vietnam. First of all, obviously rooting for Team USA. Of course. Ride or die. But also, their expectations are wildly high. As they should be. I mean, you've won two straight World Cups. Now, they granted, they didn't win the Olympics in, in Japan. It is. It's just like it's it's the the gift and the curse of being such a dominant international program for as long as they have been. Mm-hmm. It's like you either win the World Cup going away, or everybody's going to be pretty disappointed. So uh, high stakes, crazy amount of pressure. But if I, you know, traditionally, if they play well, if they play up to their their potential uh, as a as a team, they'll be just fine. We've seen them be just fine in the past. Um, I'm, I'm, this is this is actually a perfect example of how uh, the World Cup is is so captivating. I'll tell a, a quick story. In college, uh, one of my tight ends, he was also a long snapper, good dude. His name is Zach. Uh, his girlfriend, now wife, organized a giant um, surprise birthday party for him. I'm talking family members and friends from home flying in a large distance to be there without him knowing it. Mm-hmm. So she came to us and said, I need him out of the house for like two hours. Okay. Get him, which is like, that's, that is like the friend's role of a surprise party is you're going to do all of the hard work. You're going to set it up. You're going to get the people to fly in. You're going to organize the food. You're going to get the decorations. We just have to like occupy him for two hours. That's easy. Uh, it was the, the day of, it was the men's world cup. When they beat, I believe it was Algeria. To, oh to, yeah, this was, was twenty the twenty ten World Cup mm-hmm. to advance out of group play, and uh, it was Landon Donovan, yeah, Clint Dempsey, that group. Right, uh, late in the game, they scored to to. I'm not. It's not a spoiler. It's ten years ago or more than that. Uh, it's also not a something you can spoil. It's a live sporting event. Um, but anyway, we took him to the to the bar to watch that. Nice. Uh, and about halftime, we get the call saying. All right, bring him back. He is wearing an American flag as a cape, and he is jumping up and down doing USA, like arm in arm with people we don't know. But it's like that's how you're supposed to be when you're watching the World Cup. Yeah. And and we have to go up to him and be like, hey, buddy, getting kind of tired of being here. Now let's just go home and watch on the couch. And he looks at us. He's got like the wide saucer eyes like, I'm having the time of my life. We're, we're in it. We need to win this to advance. Why in the world are you telling me to leave? And we're like, it's a good point. It's a good point. Um, I will stay another 10 minutes. And now the, the, the girlfriend is calling us, going like, why aren't you guys back? Everybody is here. They came all the way for this party. And we're like, buddy, we have to go. Zach, get in the car. He's getting just more and more in, in raptured in the game. And we're like, if we don't get home soon, then the game's going to end while we're en route. 
And that's not going to be good for anybody. So get in the car. We, like, drag him in the car. He's using every bad word to us, going like, why in the world are we leaving? We walk in. There is American flags everywhere. Okay. They've, they've decorated for the World Cup. It's on a big screen in the middle of the room. We walk in, and everybody goes, surprise! And they do not get the surprise that they are hoping for because he turns to us and goes, so I'm the bleep hole. Because he, <laughs> he had just been yelling at us for the last 15 minutes in the car, calling us every bad name from dragging us away. And he recognized why. And in that moment, all he could think was, oh, my friends aren't the biggest jerks I know. They were trying to get me to this whole thing that was thrown for me. And I say all of that to say this. That's how into the World Cup we should be Yes, every time it is on. Absolutely. We should be yelling at our friends if they make us leave, style invested. Uh, and, and that's how it will be. I assume that's how it will be. Maybe not tonight because it's the opener and it's still group play and, and you know the United States should take care of Vietnam handily. But when you get into the bigger games against – you mentioned Netherlands is in the same group. When you get into some of these other games uh, – I want somebody wearing the, the American flag as a cape, yelling at their friends for making them leave, even if it's a surprise party. And and for the record, it was like two weeks before his birthday to like get the surprise. So I think if it was his birthday, he would have smelled something a little bit fishier about it and gone along. Let's get to number four. We are the four horsemen. Woo! ESPN, meaning the wide, worldwide leader. ESPN. Disney. Disney, Mickey uh, Mouse himself, a a subsidiary of Disney, and that's important to to note when you hear this. According to CNBC, ESPN has held early talks about strategic partnerships with the NBA mm-hmm. and NFL that could include the leagues getting an equity stake in the business. Mm. Now, that's not an equity stake in Disney. That is just ESPN, which is why I wanted to differentiate. Um, I hate this. <laughs> to put yeah. it, to put it simply, uh, league-owned media is not good for entertaining media, and that's coming from someone in the media business, right? Covering your boss is very difficult to be anything but complimentary. And when it's any kind of of conversation around anything is consistent, right? You always have to do the same. You always have to say the same. It gets boring. It gets monotonous. And it doesn't get entertaining. And I can't help but think. And pick your favorite ESPN personality. I don't care if when when you talk NBA, you like uh, uh, Legler. You like Perkins. You like Stephen A. You like Reddick. You like... uh, uh, Richard Jefferson, I don't care who your favorite is, they will not be able to to like accurately criticize a league if their league is deciding whether their contract is extended. Yeah. That's not what I'm excited about. I don't want this. I don't mind. There's some talks about ESPN maybe being spun off, maybe being uh, taking on equity investors I don't mind that, right? It's fine. Like, I, I'm not a, a – I don't have my MBA. So, if you want to go tell me it's good for business to bring in other investors, I could be convinced, I'm sure. The thing I don't want is one of those investors to taint the coverage of the most important thing that ESPN does, which I believe is, is cover sports in a fair and accurate way when they can. Be as entertaining as possible when they can. 
Can you imagine ESPN owned in part by the NBA and the NFL? I don't like that. An RSN, Regional Sports Network, okay. We actually do see that already. But, yeah, not from a national just, standpoint. Yeah, and it just seems like ESPN is – they're not at the point. I know they just laid off a whole bunch of people, and, and you always feel for people when, when they lose their livelihood. But it seems like they are big enough. They've been successful enough for long enough that they don't they don't need to do that. That would be like a choice to do that. A lot of the regional sports networks, they're like – they make their decisions each year on how to how to stay in operation. You know what I mean? We're seeing Bally uh, in some places have to go back on some of the agreements they've signed. So so I don't hold those against them as much, but I do not like league-owned media. It doesn't seem like it's good for entertaining media, and I'm all about being entertained. Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. We're here with Coach Pete, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Coach, let's hear about your power plan. Well, Coach Pete's power plan, 22 steps to get you on the right direction for retirement. Also, make sure you have a successful, income-filled retirement. Tim, the next 10 people are going to give that away. No cost or obligation. For the power plan, call 800-691-3215. You can also go ahead and text Tim to 600-700. The phone number, 800-691-3215, or text Tim to 600-700. Let's get to number three. One, two, three. Bryce Young, contract. Not just agreed upon, not just leaning towards being done. Done. Signed, sealed, delivered. He's ours. There you go. Shout out Stevie Wonder. Uh, Bryce Young has agreed upon a deal and signed a deal. Uh, it's it's the slotted money, but it, it's the little things, right? The offset language was agreed upon. How much of the signing bonus, bonus is immediately available was agreed upon, which it looks like all of it will be, about $27 million. It's uh, just about $38 million, a little bit less uh, in total, fully guaranteed. Bryce Young, welcome to a new tax bracket, and welcome to Carolina officially. He'll be available for practice from day one, which is important because he's already been elevated to QB1. Mm-hmm. Which, just to acknowledge, it was ridiculous that he ever wasn't quarterback one. Uh, but now that he is there, everything can move forward as scheduled. Well, he's got to earn it. Yeah. Yes, he does. He earned it by being the number one being, pick. being good enough in college to be the number one overall pick. Yeah. He earned it by being as impressive and as talented as he was at, at the workout, at the pro days, at combines, by impressing Carolina enough in meetings. He earned it by the last 16 years of his life uh, being a, a elite quarterback at just about every stage of, of football. That's how he earned it. Once he gets there, making him earn it is just taking reps away from him being as ready as he possibly can be week one. But that's not the story here. The story here is now there are no roadblocks to him being the week one starter for the Carolina Panthers or the preseason week one starter for the Carolina Panthers when they take on the New York Jets with all eyes on them in Charlotte. Also, now, again, drop the charade. Make him a captain, right? Yeah. Give him some ownership of this thing. You're giving him $37 million plus to be your quarterback. It's obvious how what you think of him. It's obvious you, you think he's your franchise guy. Give him some autonomy, right? Give him some ownership over the, the, the way that this season goes. Because he's you've kind of already given him that, right? You've 
You've, you've already done it with your actions. Now do it with your words, right? I loved what the, Kansas, or, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals did with Joe Burrow. They drafted him number one overall. They, they gave him the money that, that they were slotted to give him. They named him a captain. They made him the starter from day one. And, and look, the whole franchise has kind of taken on his image, right? He's the one wearing the, the, the flashy sunglasses, the fur coats, right? The, the floral pattern suit jackets walking into to the stadium every week. And the entire Bengals system now is like, they're a little arrogant, right? They're, they're a little swagged out. They don't back down from anybody, and they made it to a Super Bowl in his second year as, as the, the starter. So I'm not saying Bryce Young needs to show up in a mink. What I'm saying is Bryce Young needs to be the, the guy setting the tempo in every which way for the Carolina Panthers. Now that you have the, the dollars and cents ironed out, don't even put up the charade anymore. They're like, oh, you know, Andy Dalton was the guy. He was the starter at the beginning of mini camps. It's like, well, the, that just meant that Bryce Young wasn't getting the reps with the first team entirely. Give them all of them, mm-hmm. each and every single one. But today is a good day. If you're a Carolina Panthers fan, today is a good day. Shout out to Ice Cube. Number two. Just the two of us. Number two comes from Rod Brindamore, head coach, Carolina Hurricanes. We had him on the show earlier. Uh, you can catch the entire interview on YouTube. It's already out there. I tweeted it out, at Donnelly Sports already. Uh, I thought it was a really good interview. I thought it was uh, very insightful into what the the Hurricanes are kind of thinking this offseason when it comes to some of the additions they've already made. Uh, but I thought the most interesting answer is what I asked, or when I asked him uh, about maybe shaking things up even bigger with a splash move between now and opening night. And if he kind of could see the possibility of that happening, uh, and and he didn't answer us, but he gave us just enough, like, you know, Hansel and, Grenzel, Hansel and Gretel, like, crumbs to maybe lead us in the proper direction. Uh, here's Brenda Moore from earlier today right here on this show. What I will say, you know, and it's, I think it's a great thing. We have an owner that if there's a player out there that he thinks or that we think could help our team, he's all about trying to figure out how to make it happen. And so that's why, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, you know, you listen to the summer stuff and everyone's talking. Our team seems to be involved in everything. Exactly. It's, it's just because it's because that's that's the facts. Like he's literally, if that guy can help us, let's figure out how we can get him in the mix. And um, and that's that's a great thing, right? When you got an owner like that and who. It's just about winning, and you know we have to figure out. Sometimes tell him, look, that piece won't fit or whatever. But he's at least trying to figure out how to, to acquire uh, that talent. So the long answer to your question is, uh, I think everything's still up in the air. Um, but I'd be really just you know happy to go with what we got going right now. He also mentioned that he wishes he could give us the honest answer. And, and that, to me, was fascinating, right? He gave all of that, which is, you know, good insight. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's awesome that we have an owner that allows all of these rumors to be possible because they're, they're willing to spend. And, you know, sometimes we have to look at the big flashy piece and tell him, no, that actually won't fit. Although I love that you're willing to, to you know, do that for us. Um, but the, the part where, where Coach Brindamore kind of, I wish I could give you the honest answer. Just put my antennas up a little bit, right? 
some some warning lights went off because not warning but like some some hey pay attention to this lights went off because like if you can't give us the honest answer that means there's something that you can't give us the honest answer about right it's it's not nothing right it's uh I don't know somebody saying like oh we don't we don't it's our policy not to to comment on pending litigation when we didn't know that there was pending litigation right it's like oh by not telling us you just told us something so the fact that that coach Brindamore said I wish I could wish I could give you the honest answer tells me that there is something he can't tell us about right I just I think it's uh, and again I'm I'm you could tell me that I'm putting on a uh, tinfoil hat here and going into the the conspiracy theories it's okay, but I don't, here. I don't share. I don't shy away from conspiracy theories. Sometimes they're a good time, uh, but the, the 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 thought that there is something to keep secret intrigues me. I, I, I wish I could tell. I wish I could tell you. It's like, well, what do you wish? Is there a player that you're discussing currently? Is there a situation that you are pitching? Is there? Does the owner want somebody that you are currently convincing him is not a fit? Like there's there's a a lot of things that it could be, and speculation is just that it's speculation. But I wouldn't be surprised after hearing that if there is, you know, a, a decent shot that they are shaken up, maybe even in a major way before opening night. I want to add this to the the uh, want to add this into the the the, the conversation. Uh, Rob Rossi of the Athletic has reported that Penguins captain Sidney Crosby, that's a big voice in the Penguins organization, yeah, and veteran defenseman Chris Letang, another big voice in the, the Penguins organization, have endorsed acquiring Eric Carlson. Hmm. Now, the Penguins and the Canes are two of the more highly mentioned teams when it comes to a Carlson uh, trade, and, and there would be moving pieces in both parts that, that need to be worked out to, to make the situation make sense. But that's a pretty big endorsement within those walls, right? It's it's you're not going to bring a wide receiver to the the Chiefs unless you have Patrick Mahomes saying, "Yeah, I can work with that guy." You know what I mean? You're not going to bring someone onto the Penguins without Sidney Crosby saying, "Yeah, I can work with that guy." So that's one of the hurdles that they've been able to to jump over. And uh, if the Canes are in the mix, I would guess the Penguins just became a more legitimate, you know, bidding war contender. Yeah. But also, Coach Brendan Moore could have been talking about a million other things. Maybe it wasn't Carlson. I kind of hope there's, there's, you know, a really, like, out of left field something being discussed back mm-hmm. there. They might not pull the trigger on it, but I kind of just like the idea that it exists. Appreciate Coach Brendan Moore for, for joining the show. And again, uh, you can catch the entire interview on our YouTube page, at 999thefan. And when you're there watching that interview... Give us a subscribe. We'd really appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe to our uh, our YouTube page. Uh, finally, let's jump to number one. The one! Hubert Davis, Carolina head head. Uh, I almost said head football coach because it's almost football season. But obviously, Hubert Davis, head basketball coach for Carolina, had a uh, a a press conference, a summer press conference. Spoke to the media for thirty five minutes. Uh, he was in a a uh, suit and tie, but I, I I've I've done the research he's not going like full i'm gonna be the suit and tie coach all the time he it, it was uh at an event prior to where a suit and tie 
was was appropriate and then he just kind of went straight into the media so uh so he was dressed up nice talking to the media and we're going to play some of the uh, the clips for you and react to what the the head man for carolina basketball had to say we'll start with uh where the team can improve most i thought last year we weren't a, a very good outside shooting team i mean there's 15 teams in acc and we're 15th in three-point shooting percentage and so i think that the the team that we have now i think we're a better shooting team um you know, I didn't think uh, last year we were very good in terms of, you know, ball movement and sharing the basketball out of 15 teams in ACC. We were 14th in team assists. And so I feel like we have multiple playmakers now that not only can make plays for themselves, but also make plays for their teammates. And so um, I really like the mix and the combinations of this team. I know it's really early, but, you know, there's a lot of versatility. And that's something that um, that I'm really excited about. Do you know what I like about that that answer? Tell me. He admitted a lot of the things that were obvious about last season. Yeah. There were a lot of, or I shouldn't say were, there are a lot of coaches out there who after a bad season go, well, there's a lot of good that we saw, and I don't think we have to make whole-scale changes. Right? There, we, we can do things the right way, and we're just a break here or there. The fact of the matter is Carolina last year, right, AP preseason poll, number one in the country, and they didn't make the tournament. So what did he say? We weren't a very good shooting team last year. Stats to back it up, right? Three-point percentage in, in, in the ACC. We weren't very good at sharing the basketball. Stats to back it up, 14th in the ACC out of 15 teams. Like, like those things to me are important towards fixing things, right? You can't fix a problem if you don't admit there is a problem. And and they've made th- – like, they've changed up their roster a decent amount, a, a legitimate amount, like a lot, this offseason. And, and you have to, right? When, when things go poorly – you're you're doing yourself a disservice if you try to spin it as they didn't go poorly. So I I'm I'm a fan of like the cold glass of water to the face. You know what I mean? I'm a fan of looking at yourself in the mirror and being ridiculously honest with yourself uh when you are the the leader of a program and and that answer is exactly what he did. Right? There there was there was no um if ands or buts about it. It was well what, where can we improve? We were, we were fairly bad at some of these things. We were a poor team at this, a poor team at that. And if we want to be better, we have to be better at those things. So I, I liked the answer. Uh, Hubert Davis also addressed uh, some of the, the transfer portal challenges, which I, I think are funny because, uh, well, I'll explain after. Here's Hubert Davis on the, the challenges the transfer portal brings. The transfer portal is real. I, I would characterize it more as free agency. Um, the extra COVID year, I think that's something that hasn't gotten a lot of, um, um, I don't know what, you know, I don't think it's been talked about enough in terms of the impact that it's had on teams and programs. Um NIL, the growth of NIL plays a huge factor, uh, the involvement of agents. And I think also, you know, in relation to the players, um, you know, from the developmental standpoint, you know, the timeline of players has sped up dramatically. And that's been a difference. So, you know, those are just five examples where it's been changes or drastic tweaks and pivots and alters that allows us to have 
college basketball of today. And so, you know, as a head coach and as a program, you really do have to have the ability to change, to tweak, to pivot, to alter, uh, to be able to um, put a team together. Here's why I think that is uh, interesting, or I'm going to say it, funny. I think it's funny because if if you look back, you know, if we if we go ahead 10, 20 years into the future and we look back at this transfer portal craziness, I would almost guarantee that schools like Carolina are going to come out way in the positive. Right? You talk about the transfer portal. Every team is going to lose some. Some teams are going to gain a lot. Because if you are somebody and you go to a smaller school and you – Average 25 points. You're going to look to go to a school like Carolina, right? Yeah. You're going to look to to level up. There are certain teams that just in the public lexicon have a little bit more swag, if you will. And I believe a school like North Carolina and Hubert Davis specifically are going to come out with way more, hey, let's bring in a really good player that benefits us than, hey, this really good player wanted to leave us, right? Unless they're going pro or something like that. It, it happens occasionally, I, I know. But I think they're going to come out with way more positives than negatives. So maybe don't talk about the challenges because, like, there are other schools out there that legitimately are going to have to deal with the challenges. Uh, prime example, Brady Manick a couple years ago. Yep, exactly. Everyone goes back to that. It's like, you know what? You benefited from that big time. Uh, 110%. And that's going to happen more often. right? There are schools out there. If, if you are a, a group of five team, you're going to find a diamond in the rough. You're going to develop them. And then the moment they're good, they are going to leave. North Carolina will be watching for the group of five teams to find the diamond in the rough, develop them, and the moment they are good, Carolina is going to try to get them to join their school. Mm-hmm. The challenges on that the the spectrum fall on the group of five team, not on North Carolina. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For ninety dollars more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For one hundred and thirty more, you'll be a Swole member, and for just three hundred dollars more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May tenth. See Home Club for details. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts. So you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome back into the drive on 99.9 The Fan, connecting us, connecting with us, I should say, now in the Heaster Automotive Group hotline. It is Mike Elko. Duke football head coach. Coach, thank you very much for uh, for taking the time to join us. We'll, we'll jump right in here. Uh, this offseason has to be a little bit different than, than last offseason. Obviously, not the new guy anymore, ready to follow up a nine-win season. How is it different prepping for this year, knowing that you, know, you aren't sneaking up on anyone and, and you've been here once before with Duke? Yeah, I think the bigger piece is just second year being here. I think, obviously, last year there was so much new and unknown. You know, we'd never even been through a training camp with this group and now you know we've got a much more established program 
Uh, everybody knows what to expect. Everyone knows what expectations are. And so really the theme of our offseason has just been about elevation. You know, how do we elevate our game uh, to match what, you know, now obviously are some more expectations on the field for what we're capable of this fall. We we had uh, Riley Leonard on, on the show yesterday. We asked him this question. I'd be interested in getting it from from your perspective. Uh, does it does it bother you at all that with those ri- kind of uh, higher expectations, it doesn't seem like like Riley's being mentioned with some of the other quarterbacks in the ACC when it comes to hype and everything, despite the fact that his on field performance and his stats kind of put him in that category. Yeah, bother's not the right word. I love when when you guys do that because <laughs> that makes it that makes him play a lot better. I think obviously, listen, there's a lot of really talented quarterbacks in this league and there's a lot of really talented quarterbacks just right here uh in the triangle but we certainly feel really good about the one we have i mean he's a tremendous young man he's a great competitor he's a heck of a quarterback and um you know he's become the face of our program from a leadership standpoint and so um you know we're really excited to see him in year two in this system uh continue to elevate his game and and you know obviously he uh is very competitive and so he wants to be in those conversations he wants to be regarded in those ways and and I think he'll go out and he'll prove that this fall. Mike Elko, Duke football coach, joining us here on The Drive. Uh, the other thing we talked about that I'd like to hear from your perspective is about maybe protecting himself a little bit. He, he ran for a bunch of touchdowns, a bunch of yards last year, but but uh, as the head coach, have you been able to get through to him that, that maybe a slide or dipping out of bounds might be a, a little bit safer? Because, you know, after speaking with him, it kind of he gave us the vibe that that's just not in his mentality, and I'm wondering how you're, you're dealing with that. No, him, him and I have a lot of conversations about um, the right time, you know, and I think it's it's a problem you have with competitors in those types of situations. You know, I certainly don't want him to become less competitive. I think mm. the reason why we he is who he is is because of that. But, um, you know, we talk a lot about the right opportunities, the right times to take hit off your body. And, and I think for the most part, he does a good job. I think the challenge that he'll always have, and, and it's not a whole lot different over in Chapel Hill, is um, when the game's on the line or the first down's on the line or the touchdown's on the line, um, Riley Leonard's going to throw his body around him, and I'm not sure that anybody can stop that from happening. <laughs> as, exactly, and that's what that's kind of the vibe we got. As, as a coach coming from a, kind of a defensive background, do you love that your quarterback has a little bit of linebacker in him? Yeah, I just I love the fact that he's competitive. I, I think, you know, nowadays that's one of the traits I think that gets lost and, and we talk about this a lot in our program, you know, that one of the talents a quarterback needs to have is he needs to be able to stand in a huddle and lead ten grown men and get 10 grown men to follow him every play. And um, there's a piece of that that you've got to have some toughness about you to get that done. And so, you know, I think that's just a piece of what makes Riley who he is. And and to start off the season, we'll, we'll, you know, I was peeking at the schedule a little bit here, and I know coaches don't like to go more than a, a day into the future, but that game one, Clemson comes to Durham. Uh, do you do you like that type of of primetime matchup? I mean, we can talk about how the the program is more familiar, but there's there's really no uh, adjustment period this season. You're going straight to 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 one of the premier matchups in week one. No, as a coach, I want to be a 28 point favorite in every game <laughs> I play. I, I like the I like the odds of that a lot better. But no, I mean, listen, Clemson's been the the cold standard in the ACC for years and, and um, welcoming a program like that into Durham on opening night on national television um, when really we're going to be one of the only games in town nationally, um, you know, that's exciting for Duke. It's exciting for Duke football on our campus and um, certainly gets the attention of our team going through training camp when you hit those points where 
fatigue starts to set in, you know, you know what you're prepping for right out the gate. And so it's a great opportunity, and, and we've got a ton of respect for the Clemson program. But, you know, we'll be excited and ready for that game for sure. Does it does it change the way you handle preseason at all as, as a staff, the way you set anything up, knowing that you don't have kind of that cliche tune-up game? No, I, I, you certainly don't change anything because, you know, I, we don't take anybody lightly as a coaching staff and so you know we prep for temple like they were the best team in the country last year no different than we're prepping for clemson this year the same way what i think it does is i think it affects the kids you know the kids pay more attention to those types of things and so i think it it gets their antennas up uh and maybe there's just a little bit more energy and buzz from them we're talking with mike elko duke football head coach connecting with us here on the phone lines uh coach your, your your defense to go to the other side of the ball uh, replacing top two tacklers from a season ago, right? Darius Joyner, linebacker, uh, Shaka Hayward. Uh, who do you see filling that void? I'm kind of like two-part question in production, but also in leadership. And I know that those guys provided a, a decent amount of that. Yeah, you know, it's an, it's an interesting thing because, you know, we lose those two and both those guys were great leaders and great players and really talented. But we bring everybody else back, you know. Mm-hmm. And so um, there are a lot of guys who have played a lot of football. Dwayne Carter uh, is going to be a three-year captain for us this year, our three technique. And so from a leadership standpoint and a production standpoint, he's he's done it all. And there's not really a lot he hasn't done for Duke football. And then you just you look at some of the younger guys who really started to shine as the year went on last year, guys like Brandon Johnson, guys like Chandler Rivers, guys who really started to step into – the limelight and, and make a lot of plays for us to help us win football games. And then, you know, we got a lot of older guys and a lot of veterans who've played a lot of football guys like Jamie on Franklin and RJ Oban and Anthony Nelson. And so I just, I like the mix that we have. Um, and I, I like the depth that we have for where we are. And so excited to see that group continue to develop and grow this year. You bring up a good point and it really translates to, to both sides of the ball for your roster. I mean, if you look at the passing game, it's it's essentially uh, from a pa- uh, like obviously Riley, but but his pass catchers as well. It's, everybody's back, and and you look at the defense, and just about everybody's back except for those two we mentioned. Do 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 you kind of let your creativity run wild with you from from a game plan standpoint? Because with so many of your contributors, you don't have to go back to like day one install. They've been around the program now, and you can you know start with graduate level discussions and and get a little bit more creative. Yeah, I, I think there's a little bit of that, but I also think it's about putting a lot more detail into what we do. I think um, first year through everything, you're, you gloss over so much because there's so much to cover, and you have to get the whole playbook in. you got to get all situational football in, and there's so many things that you go through that the kids never get every nuance to it. Um, then when you come back and you bring back as many guys as you do, um, you can you can start the conversation at 300 level just within the plays that we have, you know. And then I do think, obviously, you could sprinkle in more wrinkles and kids understand that stuff a little bit more. But I just think your overall execution of the playbook should be at a much higher level year two because everybody is much more familiar and starts at a much higher base. Mike Elko, Duke head football coach, connecting with us on the drive. Uh, Coach, uh, I I don't even know if you've noticed, but I I can tell you your name is is popping up on some lists involving uh, other universities that may or may not have openings. Uh, Do you address that with your team, or or do you have those conversations when when those types of things pop up? No, listen, for 23 years of coaching, I've either been getting another job or been getting fired from the job I have. That's that's the world we live in, right? If you do well, you're going, and if you do bad – you're going to um listen that stuff is for you guys in the media to discuss and talk about it has nothing to do with what we're building here at Duke. and and kind of in, in similar fashion uh, we, we talk about 
how so many of your players are coming back, right? The the way that this uh, game and the way this sport is, is, is the portal is kind of looming over everything. Uh, what have you been able to, to cultivate in such a short time in, in Durham that got so many players that, I mean, really had very, very good seasons last year to, to commit to staying and continuing on, on what you guys are building? Yeah, I think it just speaks to the character in our locker room and, and the commitment to the program that we're building here. I think kids really enjoy what we're doing, how we're doing it. Uh, I think there's a lot of love in our locker room for each other and our university, and, and those things are still there. Um, as much as the portal has, has kind of tried to make this a transitional world, um, I still think if you do it right and you build a program and you build culture and you, you build real relationships with young men, um, that, that we can still do this thing the way it's always been done, where kids can stay true to the university they start at. And last one before we let you go, and thank you thank you for the time and, and thank you for, for carving out a little bit of your schedule to jump on the show. Uh, we'll be at ACC kickoff next week. And and I always find it fascinating, right? You get to pick three players to come with you. You have, you have Riley, who we've talked about, Dwayne Carter on the D-line, and Jacob Monk, a local guy from Clayton on the offensive line. How much thought goes into who do you who, who you bring along with you and, and why those three? Yeah, I think, honestly, for us, it was easy because we have so many returners. You know, Jacob and, and Dwayne were both captains for us last year. Uh, they provided a ton of leadership for us last year. They were reboted uh, almost unanimously to be captains again and, you know, those two have just represented this program so well. And so they were both down there last year. And so they were the obvious choices to come back down again and represent us. And then, you know, with what Riley has done, you know, he's, he's uh, obviously the, the star power that we have in our locker room. And, and, you know, there was a lot of thought about a lot of other guys too. You know, Graham Barton um, has a lot of star power behind his name, Jalen Calhoun, Jamie on Franklin. Um, it was probably a much more difficult conversation and decision, but we just stuck with status quo. All right, Coach, we appreciate you for taking the time. Uh, hopefully we will be able to catch up next week, and, and uh, good luck with the offseason. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.